The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. And this is the Pat Kenny Show with Anton in for Pat. There have been very few universal truths in life, but one of the the constants has been that for almost all of human existence, if you wanted to create an embryo, you needed sperm and you needed an egg. Looks like not anymore. Luke O'Neill is with us. Luke, this is extraordinary. Creating human embryos with neither egg nor sperm. It's extraordinary, isn't it? It's like Brave New World. Isn't it? <laughs> Two labs at the same time have published this. You can make an embryo now without sperm or egg. It seems like the most ridiculous thing ever, doesn't it? But they're able to take what are called stem cells. And the stem cells are like precursor cells of all the cells in your body and turn them into a tissue. And that's not quite an embryo. Let's make that clear. But it's it's a set of cells that look, look as if they're on the way to being an embryo is the idea here. You know, so it's the first step towards creating, I guess, an embryo without sperm. And now, how is this, this different from cloning, which we've had for some time? Yeah, cloning is if you make an exact genetic replica of something, you know, so you can clone an animal now, for example. Like, remember the famous sheep, Dolly, was cloned, but that was normal. It was IVF, of course. This goes back to IVF in some ways, when the first time ever an, a sperm was added to an egg in a test tube and then, and then it was implanted. You know, you can create clones using that kind of technology. This is quite distinct. As you say, the, the key breakthrough here is there's no sign of any sperm or egg at all and you're ending up with a, a, a tissue that begins to look a bit like an embryo. It begins to look like an embryo for how long? I assume there are ethical constraints around Big, how long you let this go. It's a very serious question, the ethics of this. And, and of course, the ethicists are all over this looking at what does it mean ethically. Now, now at the moment, the law says you can study um, fertilised eggs up to day 14 post-fertilisation. Because after day 14, different tissues begin to form and that was ethically not permitted which is understandable of course you know now the question is if this isn't quite like an embryo it's not fully can you study it beyond day 14 and the ethical people are now examining that to see, see if they should put a limit on it in other words you can, you can in other words you can't be implanting this you can't be so God it's a moral and ideological well, see, nightmare and it's such an, important, such an important for society to consider all these things because you don't want to have like a you know this going into the wrong hands kind of thing so that's a very serious thing. but they are looking at this closely you see and remember they aren't quite there yet with it. I guess they're trying to preempt. if you did make an embryo embryo in a tube without sperm and egg could you then implant that and would that develop into a human being is the ethical question but they're nowhere near that at the moment So, but, but still the ethicists are examining it closely Now of course the main ethical concerns relate to doing this within a human form what about animal or other mammal form have they taken it further than that in that context They have yeah the two scientists let's give them their names and Magdalena Zernika Guts in Cambridge and Jacob Hanna in, in Israel they, they both have been working on mice uh, there's also been stuff done on what are, what are non-human primates and they've done similar things there in the mice they did implant one of these sort of uh, synthesised embryos if you like and it did develop a bit and it didn't, it didn't go all the way to term it must be said they couldn't get as far as that but they're further down the road with those kind of animals and it didn't and again, go to term for ethical reasons or because it's spontaneously no, miscarried? No, sp- spontaneously miscarried because as I say it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not perfectly formed in a way you know? but the, the most important part of this Anton is this you can use this to study things like recurrent miscarriage for instance because you can actually study that now in a lab in this system you know, and maybe prevent miscarriage ultimately you never know and then secondly genetic abnormalities that that happened during development. Again, this could be used as a way to study that in a lab context without harming an embryo because obviously, as I say, it's not exactly an embryo. Which does go back then to the ethical issues of presumably if you want to study it, you need, you are incentivized for it to continue as long as is possible. 
which puts you in that ethical corner. That's the tricky part. Yeah, exactly. How useful it's going to be, I suppose. But ultimately, this first 14 days are useful. The placenta begins to develop, you see. And amazingly, we don't know much about placentas. Isn't that incredible scientifically? It's a strange one. And some miscarriages happen because the placenta doesn't form properly. So again, this could be useful to study placenta formation, if you like, and then maybe maybe prevent the miscarriage from happening ultimately. And the driving force for this research, is it to do with its possible applicability or is this an example of research for research's sake? I think probably both. Yes, it's to understand the developmental process anyway that's most fundamental, but more importantly, at least ethically, there has to be a usefulness for humanity, doesn't there? And if this research did give rise to a way to prevent recurrent miscarriage, for instance, or stop developmental abnormalities, that would be a great outcome from this, wouldn't it? That, that's the ultimate justification for it, really, I guess. From where do they get the stem cells? This is from another human embryo, is that, it? That's the, that's the tricky bit, yes. Yeah, so you, you use a human embryo, uh, again, before day 14, very importantly, and you can grow that then into another embryo, if you like, without using sperm or eggs, start enough. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a strange one, isn't it? In the sense, you start with a human embryonic cell and that then becomes like a fertilised egg again and then grows a bit into, into structures that look a bit like an embryo is the idea. And am I right in my understanding that what makes stem cells unique is that they have a latent capacity or potential to be almost anything? Precisely. And that's the other really interesting part of this. If you, if you take a fertilised egg, that's a single cell, that will turn into any cell in your body. It can form a liver or a kidney or, or a brain, you know, even, not quite a brain. but, but And of course, the use of this would be to repair a broken spinal cord, say, to repair... Parkinson's is a great example. Could you use stem cells to grow neurons? So that's the very interesting medical part of this. Ultimately, this could be useful then in that regard as well. It's incredible. Yeah, the word stem comes from it's like a stem coming off a tree, developing into leaves and stuff. So these stem cells can grow into any cell type in the body, which is... Which and how far advanced is the research and the understanding of the factors that trigger the developmental choice of each stem cell? That's exactly what this is about, actually. Now, remember, they've mainly been using animals to study this. All the cues, the biochemicals that are being made in that fertilised egg system that will then allow a cell to become a neuron or a liver cell or a kidney cell what are all those stimulating factors and that's a very active area of research for, for the reason So does that mean that we are I mean obviously the extrapolation would be over a very long time but the kind of science that this may lead to is the capacity to say well we can take these stem cells and grow them into specific organs or specific parts of the body Precisely now get this you love this Anton I could take now <laughs> a skin cell from you get that skin cell to go back to being a stem cell and then potentially grow that stem cell into a kidney for you. And if you need a kidney transplant, you're growing your own kidney from your own skin, if you know what I mean. That, that, that I haven't got there yet, it must be said. You know? but, but there is potential to get a, a, a cell that has already chosen its oh, path absolutely. in life to revert. You can play the tape backwards, if you like. You revert that skin. See, remember, that skin cell began in the egg, the fertilised egg, and eventually a cell there grew into being skin. You can play the tape backwards, all the way back down again, and now you're back to a situation where that cell can go down a different road. It's a bit like cells going down different roads. I guess into different types of tissues. That, that's where that's that's where this research is very active. Very research, by the way. Well, and if, and, and if and a big if, but if it comes to fruition, it could be the most significant thing in human history. Because I assume for cancers, for transplantation Huge. causes, yeah. For, yeah. for acute injury, and especially neurological conditions or spinal cord injuries, this this is the most active area of research. If, because obviously, when people get paralysed in an accident, the spinal cord is broken. Can you imagine putting stem cells into neurons to repair that injury? Is the ultimate goal here, and then and. Then a lot of it's, it is a lot, a lot of it is to do with the things like miscarriage and developmental abnormalities, and can you correct those basically, and then allow a normal baby to develop? That, that's where this research is also headed. I'm, I'm the Arthur C. Clarke had a great line where he said that any technology sufficiently far advanced is indistinguishable from magic. At this point, a lot of this sounds like magic. Is there any prospect of any of it coming to fruition at any point in any of our lives? I would say 
Almost definitely. There's, well, there's so much effort and, and the understanding of the science behind this is growing and growing all the time in terms of understanding what's going on. And if you understand how the machine works, of course, if the machine is broken, you can fix it. So there's no doubt it's all heading in the right direction. And this latest research will help because now they're not, they're not using embryos as such, but they're using tissue that's a bit embryonic. You can use that now as an experimental system to uncover some of these pathways and processes that might go wrong in these different situations. And I assume if there is this level of potential in terms of the impact on human health, it is also where all the money is going because there's big money in human health. Well, again, the, these two labs that announced this, they're, they're very pleased. They've beaten the competition. Many labs are trying to do this. You see, it's highly competitive c- given the benefits that might come from it. And these two have got there first. And there was a big conference actually two weeks ago. They made their presentations and a, big, big, a lot of excitement around it. You know? But a huge amount of uh, research and investment is happening. Cause it comes it's also very potential. interesting to see where the re- investment is coming from because corporates that you would uh, associate with entirely different areas, like Amazon as case in point they're all making huge bets on human health being where they're going to make their long term they are again because the ultimate value of this is massive but both in terms of people not suffering from these diseases or ever it might be but also of course the return is going to be huge as well isn't it so for both reasons and massive investments going in so do we know what the likely next step in relation to this specific piece of research is is that do they have a target for a next phase or are they just they do. Yeah, Embalmed in their own delight. Well, they're, they're gonna, well, they are very happy with themselves. But they're going to study this very closely now and, and see exactly what's happening here, you see. And as I say, one of the more interesting parts is the placenta. Could, could we understand more about that using this system? Be wonderful. So more knowledge, I basically, will come. You know, we're a long way off the type, type of things we're talking about, but at least we're going down that road using this kind of technology. Always oh, fascinating. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at the School of Immunology in Trinity College. Thank you, as always. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.